The Daily Witness is not just a podcast, but originally started as a gospel newspaper. Trevor Van Vieren Ministries distributes this newspaper free of charge, paid for by partners and friends. If you have not received a copy of this newspaper in your mailbox, feel free to download a copy from our website, www.thedailywitness.co.za. And now, enjoy today's podcast. And welcome back to another edition of the Daily Witness Podcast. And joining me this evening is my wonderful wife, Megan van Vieren. That's me. That's me. And this is not a regular podcast, of course. No, it's not. This is our Wednesday evening fellowship Yeah, fan the flames. Yeah, fan the flames. And so we have started a series by the direction of the Lord. And I just want to talk about that momentarily. Mm. I don't follow what other ministries are doing. Yes. I don't pay attention to what they're doing because God is the gardener. And the scripture says that Jesus is the vine and we are the branches. Well, of course, uh, ministries and the people that are part of those ministries in different countries, in different nations, they are on another level. Yes. And so we can't base what we preach on what's happening in another country. You can't do that. You've got to be led by the Spirit of God. You've got to trust Him in these things. But it's so interesting that recently it was the Southwest Believers Convention, just last week. Yes. And they're preaching on faith. Yes. I didn't know that. I didn't know what they were preaching on because I prepared my message before that. Mm -hmm. And I said, uh, I asked the Lord, what do you want me to uh, preach on? And he said, faith. Here's the title. He said, faith from start to finish. Mm. So I thought, okay, that's pretty, that's pretty interesting. So love, you uh, came in here tonight and you told me. Yes, I was busy chatting to Brent and I asked him, what were you guys talking about in your leadership um, thing last night and he said you know we're focusing on faith right now Isn't and I was it? like yeah. so are we so you you can see we are tuned into the spirit of God yes. Isn't that amazing? Eh? I think it's amazing that God is taking us back to basics yeah. because you need faith for the end Yeah yes. you do and the thing about faith is there's a lot of believers you know with us being, I like to always refer to us as us being on the ground. Mm. You know, we are amongst the believers. We, our ears are out there hearing what other believers are talking about. And you can hear that there are a lot of Christians that think they are in faith. Mm. And they don't even mention the term faith. Yes. It's always just prayer and so forth. And that is a big, big, big concern. Yeah. And unfortunately, you know, when you stand back and you've got experience in these kind of things and you look at the church and you look at the, the condition that they're in, you can see why there's a lot of faith failures. Mm. Because they don't understand the concept of faith. Mm. And that is why God has asked us, to do this series, yes. faith from start 
to finish. And so let's just jump into a word of prayer. You know, we don't do things any other way, yeah? No, we don't. Father, I thank you. I thank you for your presence. I thank you that you're always with us. I thank you, Dad, that you have got a lot to say. And I thank you, Father, tonight for thinking through my mind and speaking through my vocal cords and getting this message across to your children the way you needed to get across. And I pray for them that are hearing, you know, Dad, something that Jesus said. He said, if anyone has ears to hear, man, let him hear. So I pray for that, Father. He says, because the person that hears more will be given to them. I want more given to them, Lord. Yes. So I'm praying for the listeners tonight. I bless them, Lord. I thank you for giving them ears to hear, eyes to see, and a heart that understands. Thank you, Lord. And I thank you for all of your help in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. All right. So last week we did an introduction to faith. And we just touched on some very interesting points. And so I'm just going to highlight those points quickly. Uh, if you've got these scriptures, look for Habakkuk and then the book of Romans and the book of Galatians and then the book of Hebrews. So Habakkuk chapter 2 verse 4. You write this down. Romans chapter 1 verse 17, Galatians chapter 3 verse 11, and then Hebrews chapter 10 verse 38. Okay, and we look in Habakkuk chapter 2 verse 4 from the King James, all of this is uh, from the King James. He says, behold, his soul, which is lifted up, is not upright in him, but the just shall live by his faith. And then we go to the New Testament, Romans chapter 1 and verse 17. And he says, For therein is the righteousness of God revealed from faith to faith. As it is written, The just shall live by faith. And then we look at Galatians chapter 3, verse 11. But that no man is justified by the law in the sight of God, it is evident for the just shall live by faith. And then the last scriptural reference, Hebrews chapter 10, verse 38. Now the just shall live by faith. Then he says, but if any man draw back, my soul shall have no pleasure in him. You can see right off the top that faith is a lifestyle. Mm. And something that Christians don't understand, they want to use faith only in a crisis. Yes. And you can't do that because faith is something that you've got to learn. Faith is something that you've actually got to grow into because there are multiple concepts of faith. So if you look at 1 John chapter 5, verse 4, as I said to you, faith 
is actually a lifestyle for the believer. You're supposed to be living by faith from the time you get up till the time you go to sleep. You're supposed to even be going to sleep by faith. Mm. Your Your whole life should be a life of faith. Your words should consistently be words of faith, thinking thoughts of faith all the time. And if you look at uh, 1 John chapter 5, verse 4, it tells you what faith is capable of. It says, this is the victory that overcometh the world, even our faith. So right off the bat, If you put those two together, the just shall live by faith. And this is the victory that overcomes the world, even our faith. You can see what kind of lifestyle God wants you to have. He wants you to have a victorious lifestyle. Mm -hmm. He didn't say um, this and this is the defeat that is suppressed by the world, even our faith. Mm -mm. It didn't say that. It says, this is the victory that overcomes the world, even our faith. And that is why God wants us to live by faith each and every day. Why? Because he wants us to have that victory. But you can't have that victory without faith. That's why you've got to live by faith in order to access that victory. And then let me just... Throw this in there. I've mentioned this in previous podcasts. And Andrew, you and I, when we've done podcasts in the past, the the scripture that says, this is the victory that overcometh the world. Okay. It's not referring to people. That's not what it's referring Mm. to. In the Greek, it's referring to a system, Mm, the the world's system. system, the system that Satan is in charge of. There's nothing good that comes from Satan. It, the, the world we see is full of curse. It's rotten. Mm. I mean, this thing is just rotting away at the foundations. And God knows that. And we are in this world. And that's why we're supposed to live by faith so that we can have victory above that system. That's the whole thing. But if you don't understand faith, And the concepts that go with it, you won't know how to appropriate it, even though the victory belongs to you. Faith, like I said, is not an option to bail out when it gets tough. It's a lifestyle. Now, as we mentioned in the previous uh, message, faith is confidence in God. It's confidence in his ability and what he's able to do. But last week, as I finished off this message, uh, the first part one, the introduction to faith, I spoke to the Lord and I said, okay, what's the next message? I know we're still discussing faith because you said from start to finish. We just started. <laughs> <laughs> I said, what, what's, what's the next message? And then he said, I want you to talk from this angle. So last week we spoke about faith is a confidence. This week we're going to talk about trust. Confidence, faith, those are similarities, but the other word that goes with it is trust. Yes. Now, 
You can't have faith in someone that you don't know. Mm. It's just not going to work. That's what a lot of believers are trying to do nowadays. They're trying to get the benefits of a relationship built on trust by not actually having the relationship. And that just does not work. Now, I want to prove that to you. We, we can go to the book of Acts chapter 19. And I, I want to show you faith failures. Okay. Acts chapter 19 verse 13 to 17. And then Matthew chapter 17 verse 14 to 20. What was the first one? Acts chapter 19 verse 13 to 17. Okay. Now we're talking about trust. I want you to keep that in the back of your mind. Then certain of the vagabond Jews, exorcists, took upon them to call over them which had evil spirits the name of the Lord Jesus, saying, We adjure you by Jesus whom Paul preaches. And there were seven sons, one of Sceva, a Jew, and chief of the priests which did so. And the evil spirit answered and said, Jesus, I know, and Paul, I know, but who are you? And the man in whom the evil spirit was leapt on them and overcame them and prevailed against them, so that they fled out of that house naked and wounded. And this was known to all the Jews and the Greeks also dwelling at Ephesus. And fear fell on them all. And the name of the Lord Jesus was magnified. What do you think about that? <laughs> yeah, these guys. Are, he says, hey, I see Paul's doing it. And now I'm going to go and try it. And actually what happened was there was a house in the street. And the guy that was living there was possessed. And everyone knew this. So this oak, he goes down there and he says, I'm going to cast out this devil and make a name for myself. Wrong motive already. <laughs> So he goes in there and he says, <laughs> I, we adjure you, all of them, we adjure you by Jesus whom Paul preaches. And that spirit looked at them and didn't even pay attention to them. Now, what was the issue in this situation? Number one, they didn't have faith. Yes. They had no confidence. Mm -hmm. They were using the right term. They were doing everything right, but it didn't work. Mm. Why? They did not have a relationship with the Lord Jesus Christ. Mm. You can't have faith in someone that you don't know. This is why there are so much faith failures today. Let's look at another place. Uh, Matthew chapter 17, verse 14 to 20. And when they were come to the multitude, there came to him a certain man, kneeling down to him and saying, Lord, have mercy on my son, for he is lunatic and sore vexed. For oftentimes he falls into the fire and often into the water, and I brought him to your disciples, and they could not cure him. Then Jesus answered and said, now watch this. Watch this. O faith." Less and perverse generation. O oh, faith, 
less and perverse generation. How long shall I be with you? How long shall I suffer you? Bring him here to me. And Jesus rebuked the devil and he departed out of him. As simple as that. Now, the disciples couldn't do it. Jesus could do it. Can you see the, the stark contrast? Mm. They were doing the exact same thing that Jesus was doing. But what was missing? What was the missing element in order to have victory over this world? Faith. And he didn't have faith. Jesus said it. He said, oh, faith, less. Yes. Less of faith. But Jesus had a relationship with the Father. He had a relationship with him. And they didn't have the same relationship. Yeah. No, you, don't, you don't ever see Jesus calling his Father God, God, God all the time. No. He always refers to him as my Father, mm. my Father, my Father. He had a relationship with his Father. Yes. And it made everyone around him mad. But because of that, remember what we what we said. What is the definition of faith? What is the definition of faith? Trust having confidence, having confidence in God, and having confidence in His ability yes. or what He is capable of doing. But in order to have confidence in someone and in their ability, you need to get to know them. Yes. And here we see. How these guys, when we look at the book of Acts, how they try to cast out demons, they couldn't do it. Mm. And then you go and look here in, in Matthew, the, the disciples couldn't do it either. And don't forget, yes, they weren't born again and so forth, but they were still learning. Mm. They were still developing that relationship. So he says, bring him here. And Jesus rebuked the devil and he departed out of him. And the child was cured from that very hour. Then came the disciples to Jesus apart and said, why could not we cast him out? And Jesus said unto them, because of your great faith. <laughs> unbelief. <laughs> no. He says, because of your unbelief. For Because they, they said, hey. Why couldn't? So they obviously tried. He says, you couldn't cast them out because of your unbelief. For verily I sound to you, watch this, if you had faith as a grain of mustard seed, you shall say unto this mountain, remove hence to yonder place, and it shall remove, watch this, and sometimes a few things will be impossible unto you. Nothing will be impossible. <laughs> Nothing. Yeah, isn't that a statement? Now, I read it that way, and I quoted it that way because there are Christians that read it that way. I think there's a lot of Christians that read it like correctly, but they forget that God is the God of the impossible. Mm. So they'll say, like, I mean, I've caught myself in a situation where I'm believing for something and I know God can do it. Yeah. And then you catch yourself in a place going, I need to make this happen. Yeah. And then you're actually not even in faith. Then I'm then I'm like them trying to cast out the demons yes. in my own strength, yes. not in the in the faith of God. Yeah. So I think we all find ourselves in a place like that at one time and another where we realize we're actually not in faith at yeah. all. We're not trusting Him at all. If and you know what I love about this last statement of Jesus, He says, "If you if you have faith, let's change that to trust." Yes. 
if you have an intimate relationship with God and you actually know him and you mm. know what he's capable of and your trust in him was as big as a grain of mustard seed. I think a lot of people when they just and see... And that's all you need. Yeah. It, it, a lot of people when they see faith, they just kind of exclude it and they don't understand how powerful that statement is. But he says, if you had trust... If you if you can come to a place where you know him intimately, mm. your your that trust is there now. Yeah. See? And you don't need much trust because you know him. Mm. There's something you know about him and you know what he's capable of. All you need is a little bit of trust in him. You will say to this mountain, remove hence to yonder place, it shall remove. Not might remove. It, it shall, shall remove. Yes. There's no doubt. And nothing shall be impossible unto you. Doesn't that sound like 1 John 5, 4? Mm. This is the victory that overcomes the world, yes. even our faith. Now, the, the Lord said that I need to use this illustration in this message. He said, um, talk about your relationship with Megan, how it he started. Li he likes to talk about us. <laughs> and you know, there was a lot of things that I saw in other relationships in the past and so forth. And when I saw the high divorce rate and I saw the high infidelity rate, my trust and my faith for a good relationship was practically little to nothing. Mm. And when I met Megan, we, it didn't help as well because we were both immature and we were fighting. I, and, wouldn't, and, I wouldn't say I was immature. <laughs> and we were arguing a lot and so forth. And I could not see the possibility of a successful relationship. Yes, I remember you saying that. I, I didn't understand, like, how how do you get there? It wasn't anything personal. I just really did mm. not see that. I, I couldn't see that. But that was because I didn't know her yet. Mm. See? I had to get to know her. And there was a lot of things that we had to deal with. And even in our really, really tough times, um, in the first year, year and a half, it was rough. And she said, go. She said, go. I'll be here when you come back. Yes. There was times where, where she said, you can go. I'm not going anywhere. And it was in those rough times that I started learning something about her. Started learning something about her character. And now my trust in her is busy growing. And it's busy growing. And I'm seeing, hey, she's not like these other people. She's not like the world. And slowly but surely, I started seeing the possibility of a longer relationship. Not, not that marriage yet. Mm. But you see, it's busy growing. It's busy growing. And um, I just want to say the reason why I could do that was because I trusted in what God had said. Yeah. I had faith in what he'd said to me. That's why I was able to not budge. Yes. I could stay. And then as time went on, I saw, geez, week after week, she's still here. 
You know, she's, she's good to her word. Hallelujah. My trust started growing. My trust started developing. And then, you know, at, at, at a stage I thought to myself, how could I take her word? I wasn't, it wasn't anything against her personally. I was really asking a question. How could I take her word? Would I ever get to that place? Is that possible? But as time went on, we developed a trust. Watch this. That I never knew was even possible. Mm. And I mean. And that's God that does yeah. that. I mean, if you look now. Wow. I mean, that trust that we've developed. It's, now you can't imagine being without me. Yeah. <laughs> so as we move on now, and you can see uh, it came to a place, obviously, where the trust was developing and, and it grew and grew and it came to a place where I saw, hey, it's possible to get married. Yes. And then I came to a place where I was so confident I trusted her so much that I got that engaged. A, that you put a ring on it. Yeah. <laughs> and then we got married. Yes. But do you see the similarities mm. between that and faith? Yes. You start off, you don't really know him. Mm. But there are people that are trying to have faith in someone that they don't know. And they're wondering why their prayers aren't answered. Yes. And can I just throw something in? Mm -hmm. our, our trust in each other grew over a period of time because we spent hours talking yeah. and getting to know each other. Yeah. And that is one of the places that a lot of the believers are missing is they are not spending that time getting to know their father yes. to put them in a place where no matter what, they don't doubt him at all Yes, because they know him personally. And that brings us to Hebrews chapter 11, verse 6. I, I like what you said. You've got to come to a place where you know him. Mm. And here is one of the fundamental basics of faith. Hebrews chapter 11, verse 6. And I'm going to read it from uh, four translations. Sure. I'm going to read it from the King James Version. And then I'm going to read it from the Amplified Classic. And then I'm going to read it from the, uh, the Passion Translation. And then I'm going to read it from the Message Bible. Now, I'm reading it from these uh, four translations specifically so that you can actually get the angle of a relationship. You can get the angle of intimacy and you can see what a good definition of faith is. Mm. It's actually trusting in him, in his character, who he is. So when you read it from the King James, it says, but without faith, it is impossible to please him. For he that comes to God must believe that he is and that he is a rewarder of them that diligently seek him. Now, when you read it from the Amplified Classic, it's a little bit clearer. It says, but without faith, it is impossible to please and be satisfactory to him. For whoever would come near to God must necessarily believe that God exists. And that he is the rewarder of those who earnestly and diligently seek him out. Mm. When you read it from the Passion Translation, it becomes even more clearer. It says, For we come to God in faith, knowing that he is real, and that he rewards the faith 
of those who passionately seek him out. Yeah. Now that's a powerful word. Mm. Passionately seek things out? Seek him. Yeah. S- passionately seeking miracles out? No. Passionately seeking him out. But I really like how it comes together in the message Bible. <laughs> and I did not see this coming. The message really showed up nicely here. It is impossible to please God apart from faith. And why? Because anyone who wants to approach God must believe both that he exists and that he cares enough to respond to those who seek him. That's awesome. Because that's like a father. Yeah. He cares. So... That is something that you've got to know about him. Mm. You've got to know that he's there. You've got to know the type of person that he is. And this is something that he requires of you. You need to know that he answers your prayers. Yes. You've got to know that he cares enough to respond to you. Mm. You've got to know that he rewards the faith of those who passionately seek him out. Yes. And that's what makes all the difference. You know, why is it that there are believers out there and they're doing all these things? You're trying this thing out because you hear the testimonies of other people. Yeah. You're hearing how Trevor is, you know, God's answering this prayer, how Megan uh, gets this prayer answered, Andrew gets this prayer answered. And you trying it out, trying to get the benefits of a solid relationship without actually having the relationship. You actually don't know him at all. Mm. And it's a struggle and it's hard. Yeah, that makes sense. Yeah. If you look at our father of faith, Abraham, you know, the Bible refers to Abraham as the father of our faith. You see how God helped him. Develop that trust. If you look at Genesis chapter 12, verse 1, God says, He says this to him Now the Lord had said unto Abram, Get thee out of your country and from your kindred and from your father's house unto a land that I will show you. That's how He starts him off. Yes, he didn't even know where He was going, yeah. nothing. But He just starts him off with. Step number one, just go. Yes. So Abram is like, okay, I'll go. He And it's not like, you know, God found him in this country. He was living in, in, in quite a big city at that time. It's not like God just randomly picked this um, guy. Because if you read in the previous chapter, um, it's Genesis chapter 11, you see that he's one of the children, or the, the great, 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 great grandchild child of Noah Mm. so it's not like Abram didn't know who God was and God just randomly chose this oak living in the city and just decided to speak to him he knew something about God but this was where a relationship was formed Mm. this is where it started for the first time and God in his wisdom and his gentleness knew exactly how to deal with Abram. Yes. Abram had no clue where this was going. He really didn't know what was happening next. 
but God was talking to him nice and slowly, treated him like, you know, we, we know how to do this. Just just leave the country. That's it. That's all for now. And Abram followed. Yes. Then you see how God asks, later you, you see how God asks Abraham to sacrifice his only son. And Abraham is willing to do it. Mm. His trust in God is so rock solid by that time that the book of Hebrews tells us that Abraham was convinced that God would raise him from the dead. Mm. Hebrews chapter 11 verse 19. Accounting that God was able to raise him up even from the dead from whence also he received him in a figure. Wow. But it didn't go from going out to a place that I will show you to immediately sacrificing his son. No, not at all. It's a process. It's a process. God helped him. You can actually see the progression in this relationship. You see how God tells him to move, and then he has a visitation of the Lord. They communed over lunch. Remember that? Yes, yes. And God tells him he's going to. Yeah. God tells him he's going to be the father the following year. Right there, his trust in the Lord starts to grow, Mm. where he begins to intercede for Sodom and Gomorrah. It shows you how important it is to spend time with the Lord. Yeah. Because that's what Abraham did. He spent time, quality time. Quality with, time yes. with him. And he got to know God as a person. Yes. As a matter of fact, it came to a place where God called Abraham friend. Mm. You don't call someone a friend that you don't know. Exactly. Reminds me of uh, when Jesus says in the last days, depart from me. I never knew knew you. you. Wow. Never thought of that until now. (laughs) So even even there, that that relationship is developing and he he says, okay, um, you know, if there's just 50 people and he's watching God, he's looking at him. And the Lord says, okay, if there's 50 people. I'll spare them for your sake. He says, oh, Lord, if, it, if it's just less than five people, he says, would you, would you spare them? He says, yes, I'll spare them. And he's, he's listening to him and he's getting to know him and he's getting to see how he responds. He's studying him. And then it goes down. He says, okay, well, what if there's 30? He's, you know, he's trying. He's of trying. Course. And it goes right down and he, see, he can see now, okay, there's something that he learned about the nature of God. He learned that God didn't say 50 and that's that. After that, no. Mm. He learned God is not a hard person. He learned that God is easy to entreat. Because, I mean, he went right down to five. And God said, I'll spare the city for five people. So you can see how that trust is developing. He's learning about the nature of God. He's coming to know him. Then you see how God tells him in Genesis chapter 15, God tells him to look at the stars at night concerning his, his kids. His vision, yes. And, and, and Abram is, is busy growing. Then you see in Genesis chapter 17 verse 5, he changes his name from Abram to Abraham. Mm. And so the trust and the confidence in God is increasing even more. Yes. And he changes his name now he calls him father of many nations and that intimacy. I mean 
it came to a place, they had such a tight relationship that if you go and look at the covenant that God cut with Abraham, he put him in a deep sleep. Remember that? Yes. And he saw God walking in that blood. So he got to know him. He got to see him as a real person. Mm. And that trust was increasing and increasing and increasing. Then you see in Genesis 22 verse 17, he says that in blessing I'll bless you, multiplying I'll multiply your seed as the stars of the heaven and as the sand which is upon the seashore and your seed shall possess the gate of his enemies. Eventually we see the trust in this relationship become so strong that nothing can convince Abraham otherwise about God even against his age and the condition of his body and the deadness of Sarah's womb. Now he can't be talked out of it mm. because that trust is rock solid. He's like, I know God is going to get me through this. I know this. I can't be talked out of it, in other words. Yes. He, he, I mean. There's just, no doubt. No, no, the doubt. He was fully persuaded. He was fully persuaded. That what? That God re would reward the faith of those who passionately seek him. That God cares enough to respond to those who seek yes. him. Yes. That's where Abraham was. He knew that God cared enough about him. And let's read that from Romans chapter 4, uh, verse 17. As it is written, I've made you a father of many nations. Before him whom he believed, even God, who quickeneth the dead and call those things which be not as though they were, mm. who against hope believed in hope, that he might become the father of many nations. According to that which was spoken, so shall thy seed be. Watch this. Be not weak in faith. Yes. Be not weak in faith. Why was he not weak in faith? Because he had a solid trust. Mm. He came to a place where he knew God's character. Yes. He knew they were friends. God showed himself strong to him so many yes. times. He said, I am your exceeding great reward. <laughs> and Abraham knew that. Yes. And they were friends and they were intimate with each other. So obviously he's not going to be weak in faith. He didn't even consider his own body now dead. Why? He's got faith in God's ability. Yes. What God is able to do. What God is able to pull off for him. Mm. This is the victory that overcomes the world. Yes. Hallelujah. Even our faith. <laughs> Preaching myself happier. Uh, he considered not his own body now dead when he was about a hundred years old. Neither yet the deadness of Sarah's womb. Mm. He staggered not at the promise of God through unbelief, but was strong in faith, giving glory to God. Praise God. They, he kept his eyes on God, not on himself or on Sarah's womb. Yeah. He didn't look at what he's capable of. He knew God was capable of it. Yes. He just kept his focus on him the whole time. He was never disappointed. Yeah. And being fully persuaded. Yes. Being persuaded of what? That what he promised. Yes. He was able also to perform. Mm. Well, that's the definition of faith. Yes. Having. Confidence. Trust. Confidence in what he's able to do. That is why I tell people 
in order to develop a relationship with him, in order to get to know him personally, to get to know him intimately, first of all, spend time in his word. Yes. Spend time reading your Bible. Because the Bible is a collection of God's thoughts. Mm. How he does things the right way. It's there to straighten out our thinking. If you see something in the Bible that goes contrary to what you were doing, instead of avoiding it at all costs, you make the change. Yes. Allow yourself to think in line with him by doing what it says. When you do that, your trust and your confidence starts to grow in him. you got to know that God can't lie. So if he tells you something, it's the truth. Yeah. And it's the best thing to do is just to follow it. Yeah. Not follow it blindly because it's not <laughs> blind with the Lord because he's the light. Now, I remember he said to me, I want you to put this in. Talk about yourself. I remember when I first got born again, the very first night that I got saved, I, was, I got born again off a daily devotional. And I'm reading daily devotional after daily devotional after daily devotional. And, and this one night, uh, they asked me to be at a particular house of a director and, and protect them. I was like a bodyguard there. And <laughs> I'm, uh, I'm reading this daily devotional and, and I'm reading all these wonderful things about God, about his character about his nature, and I'm getting so excited and, and so thrilled by it, you know. And I came across this one article, and it's about hearing the voice of God. And, you know, I came from a background where I didn't know anything about him. And I read in this article that God will talk to you about simple things, like check the lights, make sure the doors are locked, You'll start you off that way first. That way, if you miss it, there's nothing to it. Yes. And man, I was just so thrilled. I thought, yes, this awesome creator of the entire universe <laughs> wants to talk to little old me. <laughs> and I said, I was like, oh, come on, man. You're not going to talk to me. Uh, you'll talk to those preachers out there. You're not going to talk to me. But I was just so thrilled that, you know, that even the thought of that. And then I'll never forget how it felt. It's like I could feel this gentle hand coming into my mind and scooping all these thoughts out the way. And then I heard this. Close the gate. As if someone was there in the room. I jumped up right where I was. And the first thing I said was, that was the Holy Spirit. Now, how did I know that? I just got born again. Yes. Flesh and blood did not reveal Yo, no, it did. <laughs> And I ran in circles. The Holy Ghost spoke to me. The Holy Ghost spoke to me. The Holy Ghost spoke to me. Did you close me. the gate, though? I didn't close the gate. <laughs> I was so impressed that he spoke to me. But that was right there where he was starting to develop that relationship with me. I heard his voice. Now I can relate when Abram... You can recognize yeah, as well. When Abram said, go, leave your family, 
go to a land that I will show you. Because he said to me, close the gate. Man, after I settled down, you know, after about an hour or so, I went outside and the gate was open. You know, the next day when I left that house, I went to the people and I checked the, that they were okay. And they said, yeah, you know, they are right. And I, I took a walk home. And I walked down the streets in Mount Croy and shouting at half past six in the morning, repent because the kingdom of God is near. That's all I knew, you know. Man, that lit my fire. And then as time progressed, I, I heard about a few few months later into my born-again experience, I learned that there's a thing called speaking in other tongues. And man, when I heard about that, at first I didn't know what that was, and then Shane came over to me, you know. And uh, I said to Shane, Shane, what's this thing about tongues I'm reading in this devotional that you borrowed me, you know? And he says, yeah, hey, T. <laughs> I was like, What? And uh, he said to me, yeah, I can talk in tongues. Because I, I read here, yeah, this is a heavenly language. And I was like, oh, man, I've got to have me that. And I said, what? You've been coming here all this time and you can talk in tongues? And he laughed and he said, yeah. I said, you got to talk in tongues for me, man. And he said, nah, don't, don't put me under, on, on the spot. you know." And I said, Shane, you, gotta, you are not leaving this place. You've got to talk in tongues. And he laughed and eventually started talking tongues. Oh, my word. I felt like I was just going to fall down on the ground right there. <laughs> I thought, this is so awesome. I said, do you know what you're saying? He says, no, the Bible says you don't know what you're saying. That's why you must pray for interpretation. and all this. I said, could you lay hands on me? I want to talk in tongues. You know? He said, no, no, tea. <laughs> he said, I've got a book that I can borrow you. Uh, baptism of the Holy Ghost. I said, yeah, give it. And uh, I went there. I read that book. I tried everything that I could possibly do to get baptized in the Holy Ghost. I laid hands on myself trying to get baptized in the Holy Ghost, and it didn't work. And I remember I was going to sell. It was a Wednesday night, and I was going to sell. Man, I was so disappointed. And it was about an hour before service started. I went into the bathroom and I looked in the mirror. And man, I was just holding back from just not breaking down. And this just one tear still, I'll never forget, one tear ran out of my eyes, man. I said, I want this so bad. And I left. That was, that was within a week that that took place. And I, I went to sell and we were sitting there. I wasn't really paying attention. And they're talking and, and so forth. And yeah, comes 8 o'clock and there's a knock on the door. And the roommates that were renting, the two ladies, they said, who's that? Are you expecting anyone? She looked at her roommate. No, not expecting anyone. She said, let me go and check who it is. And she opened up the door and it was Pastor Jimmy Crompton's son. Richard Crompton. And he came in and I thought, this is so weird. You know, I've been coming to sell quite a bit now and this is just weird that he comes at this time. And he sat down and he just starts talking about the Holy Ghost and, and baptism and other tongues. And I thought, oh my word, mm -hmm. this thing's going down. <laughs> and 
cut a long story short, I got baptized in the Holy Ghost that night. Now, nobody knew that I was trying to get baptized. Yes. It was a, just something personal between God and myself. And you can see right there, my trust grew mm. even more. Because now I'm noticing he's watching me. He's and, taking personal interest in your life. Yeah, and he's taking care of me. Mm. He pulled it off when I didn't even know how to pray to get this. I was, I was a few months old. And he sought this thing out for me. And I was like, aha. Now, my trust in his ability, his character, who he is, what he can do, is ex it's growing. Mm. It's growing. Then, you remember, Andrew, this when we were, oh man, we were young, sitting in, in bed one night, reading my Bible. And the Holy Ghost speaks up on the inside of me and says, from now on, I want you to lock the bathroom door from the inside. So I was like, okay. Now, I didn't let my mind just run off and start thinking, why would he tell me to do that? <laughs> now I'm trusting him and I'm acting out on that trust. So I went and I told Andrew about it. And just in case I was out or something like that and um, we didn't we didn't do it, he'd, he'd be the backup. And every night... We made sure we locked the bathroom door, opened up the bathroom door the next morning. Everything looks normal. Didn't think anything about it. Just carried on locking the bathroom door from the inside of the house. And one morning at about half past five, got up. My dad was standing by the bathroom door and he called me. He said, come look here. And I went over there and he said, look in there. And I looked inside and the curtain was pushed back. And the bathroom window was left wide open. And in the middle of the night, while we were sleeping, someone broke in and got as far as that bathroom door and found out it was locked. What do you think that did to my trust? Oh, no, that took it to a whole other level. Yeah. You, do you see the progression? Do you see how it's getting stronger and stronger? I'm seeing I can trust him. Mm. He's telling me to do stuff. I can trust him. Um, then I can tell you about the time. I had a dream and the Lord told me that there was a redhead that was in bondage to devils. There was devils involved. I was like, okay. And, you know, they were armed and they, their intent was to kill her. And um, I woke up from that dream. And it was quite a hectic dream. And months passed and I forgot about it. And one day I'm seeing Grant off. And here comes this little redhead walking down the street. And she comes to us and she's stone drunk. And I'm like, aha. Uh -huh. I see where this is going. And I laid hands on her. And the power of God hit her. And she fell on the ground. And got up completely sober. Yeah. And it's these, these situations that God is talking to me. And my trust is growing yes. and increasing. Then it came to a place where it was December. And he said to me, okay. Now he talks to me about my calling. Now he says to me, I want you 
to take some time off and I want you to pray out your calling. He says, I'm calling you and you need to find out what you're called to do. And I was like, okay, I'll just, I'll pray. He said, no, 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 you can't do this while you're at work. He said, this is a bit bigger and you're going to have to take time off. Now, this is December. Yes. So I'm like, okay. He says, go to work and ask them off for a week. So I was like, jeez, <laughs> who gets that right? So anyway, I go off to the main office and uh, my boss sees me. He says, hi, Trevor, how are you doing? I said, I'm good. Uh, I just need to have a little chat with you. All right. He says, sit down. Just then, this guy walks in behind me. He says, um, we're short staff. There's a couple of people at AWOLD. I was like, you've got to be kidding me. This only happens in sitcoms. You know, it's like they wrote this thing out. And then he looks at me and he says, yes, how can I help you? I'm like, w-. I said, you're not going to believe this. He says, try me. I said, I need to take off. <laughs> he says, how long? I said, just a week. And he said, okay. You see how my trust is growing? Because God already knew. Yeah. So I went home and I started my journey. And I started praying out, what am I called to do? What am I called to do? What am I called to do? Praying this out, praying this out, praying this out. And then that's when he, he told me, you know, I've called you into ministry and so forth. And now it's going to another level now. See, that's when I, I learned how and what this ministry is about and the, and the anointing on my life and, and so forth and so on. And it grew. But that came from a personal intimate relationship with him and it started off with close the gate Mm -hmm. and it came to i've called you into ministry Mm -hmm. you know i'm just going to close it on this last night uh well i've been praying about this message and so forth and the lord uh I just asked him for his help. How do I get this message across, Lord? And I really need you to help me get this message across. And he gave me ideas and put scriptures down and so forth. And last night, this little video on YouTube popped up. And the title really captured me. And the title was, How Jewish Farmers Keep the Shemitah. And I thought, you know, I'm, I want to watch this. So I started watching this video about this Jewish farmer. And this is a Jewish man that's interviewing him, you know. And he says that according to Torah, he's not allowed to grow anything during Shemitah. The ground must lie fallow. Now, the first thing you're thinking is this guy is a farmer. How is he going to get his money? How does, he, how does he get an income for a full year if he's not working? And this Jewish guy says, and he, he took him into his greenhouse. He's got this massive greenhouse, which now obviously he's got my attention, you know, because I also want to grow things <laughs> and I want to watch how Jews do it. And this, this greenhouse is so huge, man. The thing's like the size of a warehouse. And he says, you see... In here, you see all the plants are dead. All the plants are dead. And you you see that they look like sticks. And he says, we even pulled out the irrigation system. So I'm like, geez, this guy's really walking by faith, you know. (laughs) And he said, you know, the Torah tells us 
that in the sixth year, God will give you enough harvest that will carry you through the seventh year and even take you into the eighth year. And I remember seeing that in the law of Moses. I remember reading that and God saying, don't touch the ground, leave it and let it rest. So this guy says to him, does it make sense to you? He's asking this Jewish farmer. He's a Jew himself, of course. He says, does it make sense to you to just leave the ground and not plant anything? So he says, no, doesn't make sense. But Hashem says, do it. You know, they, 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 they call God Hashem because it's a sacred name. They, they, it's just referred to as the name. Mm. They don't want to even utter his name because it's so holy. And he says, Hashem tells us to do it, so we do it. <laughs> you know, and he That's says, really amazing. Yeah. He says, you know, when it comes time to plant, we come here and we plow the ground. You see all these dead sticks? We plow it into the ground and then we plant the seeds and we do our part. We say, Hashem, okay, it's left up to you. And he says, he just, he just leaves it. But he said, in the sixth year, the previous year, he said, you see these branches and he, and, and he showed the, the, the branches. He said, the branches were so full of fruit that it was hanging over. It was almost touching the ground. And he said this. He said, I've been farming here for four years. And he says, in all those four years, we've never seen it produce fruit like that. But just like Torah says, it will only happen in the sixth year. Yes. And I thought, wow. And he says, um, so uh, he's asking the farmer, so if you, you're not farming in this year in Schmitter, he says, how do you, how do you live? How do, how do you get your income? He said, no, Hashem takes care of me. <laughs> I thought, what? It's so simple. He says, Hashem takes care of me. He says, I've got money coming from all over. He says, uh, he says the IRS in the America, they call me up. They say, we owe you money. He said, money's coming from this side. Money's coming from that side. He said, we so well taken care of. He said, then my son calls me up. He, my son lives in, in uh, Cleveland, Ohio. He says, Abba, you and Mama come over. I pay for everything. Don't worry about nothing. He says, so we went over there and we had a wonderful time. And he says, after that, my daughter called me up. She lives in Florida and we went over there. He says, and after that, I had a speaking engagement. He's a farmer, but hey, he preaches on the side. <laughs> <laughs> and he said, we, we, we had a preaching engagement uh, up in the UK and we went there. And he says, we've come back. And he said, um, now we're planning a trip to, to go to Brazil. And he said, and Hashem paid for all of it. Praise God. I was, <laughs> but you can hear he's got a relationship with him. Yes. He knows him. And you, you just see him beaming and smiling from ear to ear. And he said, you know, we joke in the house. He says, my wife says to me, oh, it's such a pity that uh, next year can't be a Shemitah year as well. <laughs> <laughs> Sounds like us. Yeah. And he said... The farmers in the in the area came and he says, they're a little bit angry because they said, how come you doing this and we can't do it? And he says, well, we, we keep the Shemitah. And he says, now the Jews, the other Jewish farmers in the area are also starting to do that. 
And he said, never in the history of Israel before have we had Jewish farmers keeping mm. the law of Moses and keeping Shemitah. And he says, this year we are already up to 51% of the farmers. Wow. Isn't that amazing? Yes. it's. I think it's so interesting that it's so close to the end. Yeah. <laughs> and in all of this, it just shows you that faith really is the victory that overcomes the world. Mm. If you genuinely believe, nothing shall be impossible to you. But you can't do it without knowing him. Yes. And that's what it's about. It's about trust. And you allow you get to know him. Spend time praying. Spend time fellowshipping mm. with him. And allow that trust to grow. And you come to a place where your confidence will be so strong that you won't be spoken out of anything. And it will look absolutely crazy to the world. But it's perfectly normal in the mm. kingdom. Yeah. We can all walk around like no. that Jewish guy having that kind of relationship with God. And now we're going to end on that note. I hope you guys enjoyed this episode. <laughs> and remember... Faith comes by hearing, so, so keep, keep on, on hearing. Hey everyone, if you enjoyed today's podcast, feel free to let us know by contacting us via our Telegram channel, Trevor Van Vieren Ministries, or send us a message on our Facebook account. And if you liked what our ministry is doing, why not partner up with us and sow into God's vision which is to bring a printed copy of our newspaper to every house in our city. All funds are used to increase the print run and reach more houses with the good news of Jesus Christ. You can sow via our website at www.thedailywitness.co.za. There you will find a tab called Sow into a Vision. If you are inside of South Africa, you can use the option of SnapScan. You can download this app free of charge from Play Store or iTunes. If you are outside of South Africa, you can use our option of Give and Gain. We thank you for your faith and generous support. Remember, we love you and Jesus loves you.